reading is actually from the 32nd Psalm, from Psalms for Praying by Nan Merrill. If you'd like to follow along, it's printed in the middle of your bulletin insert. And in preparation to hear these words, let us turn our hearts in prayer. Holy God, we give you thanks for these ancient words. We ask that you would open our minds and our hearts this morning, that we might hear a word from you this day. Amen. Enter into the silence, into the heart of truth. For herein lies the great mystery where life is ever unfolding. Herein lies the divine plan is made known. The plan all are invited to serve. Listen for the music of the holy word in the resounding silence of the universe. May balance and harmony be your aim as you are drawn into the heart of love. Those who follow the way of love with calm and faith-filled intent know that all is working toward healing and wholeness. And may the healing power of love lift you from the limitations of fear and ignorance into the arms of freedom. May the peace of the Spirit bless you and lead you on life's journey. Be not afraid of the silence, for wisdom's voice is heard there. As you follow the light, you become gentle and kind. You come to live in the light. Children entering the world radiating the spirit learn from them of innocence and simplicity. Learn to cooperate with the unseen realms, to see beyond the veil. Wise are those who learn through silence. Listen then to listen well. For beyond the silence and stillness within, you will come to know a profound and dazzling silence. Herein lies the music of the spheres, the harmony of creation. Enter into the holy temple of your soul. Converse with the beloved in sweet communion. Blessings of the great silence be with you as you help to rebuild the heart of the world with love. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Do you know the truth? If someone were to ask you that question, what would be your response? In the summer of 1971, after graduating from high school before attending college, I had a summer job at the Earl of Sandwich, at a restaurant called the Earl of Sandwich across from the Seattle Center where the World's Fair was in 1962. During a lunch break, one day I was walking by the center near the, near the Space Needle when a man in his early 20s approached me and said, do you know the truth? At first, I wasn't sure what he meant. Truth, what truth, whose truth, what is truth? So with what I presume was a rather puzzled look, I said, what? 
Do you know the truth? He asked much more forcefully. And before I could come up with a second answer, he said, do you know Jesus? And I said, yes. Then, with even more energy, he said, prove it. (laughs) Prove it? How does one prove that they know Jesus? Well, scripture says, by your fruits you shall be known. And isn't this it? Isn't this what scripture is all about? It's not so much what we say we believe about Jesus that's important. It's it's how we live our lives because of him. This is what our texts are all about this morning. This man who approached me, apparently wanting me to say or do something that proved to him that I knew Jesus and I knew truth as he knew it, somehow has continued to stay with me these past 48 years. Albeit, it was an odd, kind of unusual encounter. But whenever I think about this man and our interchange, I believe he was for me, that then 18-year-old, an angel. Yes, an angel. Why? Angels, as you will recall, are messengers asking the best from us, inviting us to embrace the truth, to know what we know, and then to live it and to live it boldly. Mary experienced an angel, as did Joseph. And from each of their encounters, they trusted what they knew and they lived their lives differently. When I remember my encounter with this man, it always causes me to stop and reflect on how I'm living my life, how I'm living my faith. And isn't this what angels and messengers are all about? Isn't this their job description? So when have you encountered an angel or a messenger in the form of a person while walking through the park or standing in line at Starbucks, or at Tart to Tart, or on a street corner, and they've asked you a question that has made you stop and think and reflect. Today is the last Sunday of the liturgical or church year, and next Sunday we start all over again with Advent, looking for the coming of the Christ, the Messiah, The church year provides a container, if you will, to recall and remember God's actions down through history with the people of God. So today is a bookend, if you will, the ending of this whole church year that we start all over and begin again next week. This Sunday points, if you will, to the whole message of the gospel and that is of the realm of Christ in our lives and in our world. This Sunday, I believe, challenges us to look at who and what rules or reigns our lives, our hearts. Listen to these words from John chapter 18. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? 
Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? Truth. What is truth? So if someone were to ask you that question, what would your response be? John 18, as we just heard, invites us to reflect upon the surprising character of Christ's rule. In this interrogation scene before Pilate in the Praetorium, which is the governor's headquarters, the title of king or sovereign becomes the primary lens through which the gospel writer John challenges us to understand who Jesus is. Pilate wants to determine whether Jesus represents a threat to Roman rule and thus Roman power. So he asks, are you the king of the Jews? Are you a rival to Caesar's authority? In the conversation that follows, Jesus reveals two important qualities of his rule. First, he indicates that his sovereignty is not of this world. Jesus came from God and is going to God, and his reign belongs to God and not to the world system of domination. Secondly, Jesus defined what it means to be a king or a sovereign, a ruler. As he told Pilate, for this I was born. I came into this world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to this truth listens to my voice. Pilate then asks, what is truth? As you or I might. In this conversation, which seems a bit convoluted, which is characteristically Johannine, Jesus is making it clear that he is the pointer to the truth, and the truth is of the existence of the divine, the existence of God's love. I have come from God, and I'm going to God. Jesus was telling Pilate, who didn't get it, that truth is rooted in the divine, and that divine is rooted in our hearts. For truth, you see, frees us to be our most true selves, where we are unencumbered by fear or the expectations of others. The reign of Christ isn't about something that's going to occur in some future date. It's about what's taking place in our lives and heart today, now. I have come from God, and I'm going to God, and those who understand this truth listen to my voice. A key quality is listening, and one listens in the silence of their hearts. Our psalm reading today, albeit a paraphrase, helps us here to wrap our heads around what it means to allow the reign of Christ to reign in our lives. Listen again to these words of the psalmist. 
Listen for the music of the Holy Word in the resounding silence of the universe. May balance and harmony be your aim as you are drawn into the heart of love. Those who follow the way of love with calm and faith-filled intent know that all is working toward healing and wholeness. And may the healing power of love lift you from the limitations of fear and ignorance into the arms of freedom. The reign of Christ frees us, frees us for life in ways we never dreamed possible. The rub is, it's up to us. You see, if the message of Christ is love, as the psalmist said, those who follow the way of love with calm and faith-filled intent know that all is working toward healing and wholeness. If this is true, then we begin to see how we co-participate in advancing the rule of Christ in the world by how we perpetuate love. When we listen, when we listen in silence to the voice of the Christ, Christ's rule takes hold in our lives and we then begin to understand the demands that are placed upon us by how we spend our time, how we spend our money, how we use our words with one another. Another way of saying this might be when you and I take a long, loving look at what is real for us and whom we serve. We begin to see then that Christ's teachings govern our lives or not. Truth, truth is that to serve God is by serving our sisters and brothers. Truth is by loving one another. We are loving God. Truth frees us, empowers us, humbles us, and propels us to do mercy, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God and one another as the, as the prophet Micah prophesied so many centuries ago. You see, the reign of Christ challenges us, changes us, comforts us to listen, to love, to serve. By our fruits we shall be known. The reign of Christ, then, is up to us. It's not up to anyone else. Whether we listen to his teachings, his message, or not is up to us. It's not up to anyone else. And this is the truth of the Incarnation. This is the whole truth, if you will, of the gospel message. To love God with all our soul and all our heart and all our mind and all our strength. Which gets us back to our opening question. Do you know the truth? Do you know the one that at your birth pronounced you beloved? Do you know at your core that you're loved, and because of that love, how do you share that love with others? For when we listen from our hearts and serve others from here, we know the truth, and as Jesus said in John 8, it will set us free. 
freedom is always a byproduct of being governed by the love of God as revealed in the Christ. I end with this story by Sue Monk Kidd. One cloudy afternoon, she wrote, while driving to an appointment, I stopped at an intersection. Two elderly men stepped into the crosswalk in front of me. The tall man wore an overcoat, while the shorter one had only on a sweater. As pellets of rain began to fly in the wind, the tall man unbuttoned his coat, held out a side so the smaller man could squeeze inside next to him, and the two of them slowly made their way across the street in front of me, tucked together beneath one coat. All day long, I couldn't get the image of these two men and how they behaved with one another out of my mind. And I reflected on the essence of relationship and the essence of friendship and what it would mean to unbutton myself to invite intimacy and allow another to step into a safe space with me. It reminded me of the realm of God. By unbuttoning ourselves and inviting another in is not only evidence that Christ's reign is real. It points to the reality of the truth of God. May each of us unbutton ourselves that we might be angel messengers to all whom we encounter this week. May it be so. Amen.